The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Hey, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2018. Hopefully you're started off with a bang and you're already having a great new year. But I want to challenge you with a concept. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you've read it in some political commentary or maybe you got caught up in the kind of the cultural uh, ebb and flow of this idea of check your privilege. Maybe somebody's even said it to you like got privilege. And what it is, is a little bit of a check in your attitude that maybe you're living with an unearned advantage that others aren't experiencing. Maybe you've got it better than others. It's kind of similar to the idea of somebody making a, a comment to you like first world problems. Now, maybe you've not, never heard of either of those concepts, so let me just illustrate it for you. First world problem means this, that you're dealing with an issue, maybe even complaining about an issue that the rest of the world wishes it had. All right, let, maybe a couple examples for you. Like you're using free Wi-Fi and you're complaining that it's a little too slow. <laughs> or your parents bought you a brand new device and you're frustrated because you forgot to plug it in last night and now it's running low on battery. Are you kidding me? Or you pulled into Chick-fil-A for lunch and you forgot it's Sunday. <laughs> or, you, or you brushed your teeth and now someone in your family is eating something that you want to eat. And you're like, ah, oh, I want to eat it, but I brush my teeth and I don't want to have to brush them again. See, first world problems. Problems that the rest of the world wishes it had, but that you're complaining about. And the idea of privilege is that somehow you were born with a silver spoon in your hand. That you've got a unique, distinct advantage over others. And as a result, your life has some unearned advantage. And you, you don't realize it, but you've been living with this advantage. And it's uncomfortable, to be honest with you, as your pastor, to even bring it up. Because for me personally, when I bring up the concept of, a, of you know, privilege, it sounds like what I'm saying is hard work doesn't matter. That you didn't have to work hard to build your business. That you didn't have to work hard to earn the place you are in life. And it also sounds like it belittles all of those that have invested into your life. It belittles those that helped you get an education. It belittles those that have personally invested into you to help you grow to the point where you are today. It, it undermines all of the effort of those who've invested into your life who can take a little bit of credit for the place you are in life today. But the reality is, if we were to be honest, and because we're human, we all exercise a little bit of unconscious bias toward other people. Think about the idea of if you were a waiter or a waitress, some of you are, so you can certainly relate to this, you might treat one table different than another table. You shouldn't, right? Like if I sit down, I wanna be treated the same as you would treat the other person that you treated really nice. But the truth is, you might treat one table different than another table simply because of the way they're dressed. Or maybe they're better looking. I never get that, but you might treat someone who's better looking different. I feel like other tables are getting treated better because they're better looking. And I'm like, oh man, how come I never get my water refilled, right? And so the idea of, or maybe it's because of the way they speak or in a more prejudicial way because of their race. And so as a result, maybe you're giving one group more preferential treatment than another group. And every once in a while in life, we feel like, yeah, we got that. 
I have a few moments in my life when I know I didn't earn the special treatment I got, but somebody just looked out for me. Somebody took care of me in a way that they didn't take care of others. And oh, that feels good, doesn't it? Kind of is nice every once in a while to like, I don't know, just win the favor lottery and somebody just takes care of you. It's really sweet. But most of us don't go through life feeling like that. No, even those of us that are told that we were born with the silver spoon in our mouth. I'm not saying I was, I'm just saying for those of us that we should be experiencing that, we don't live that way. No. In fact, I would go so far as to suggest that if I interviewed any of you, any of you online, that you would say something very different. You would say that while there are rare moments in your life when you've, been, when you've had a special advantage, most of your life has been spent in the opposite direction. You feel oppressed. You feel disadvantaged. Now, please, I am in no way trying to negate the larger cultural or political narrative that there are people that are going through life distinctly disadvantaged or there are, are groups of people that are marginalized. I'm simply suggesting that nearly all of us feel disadvantaged. We feel as though there is this cosmic plot against us, that you have been uniquely chosen to be picked on. And so you go through your life feeling frustrated, feeling cursed. And maybe it's a curse that it's the script in your thinking. You've been told you're not enough. You're not good enough, smart enough, strong enough. And so you've lived like you're not enough. It's the curse you carry. Maybe you've carried the curse that you're from the wrong part of town or you've got the wrong family heritage or you've got the wrong racial background. And so as a result, you go through life feeling disadvantaged, feeling cursed. Maybe you've believed that you're a failure and so you never will, you can't, you won't. And so you go through life knowing that the wind is to your face and you've got to work harder, strive more than anyone else because life is just uniquely difficult for you. So as a result, we expect the curse. We get into a good relationship and yet we're just waiting for it to fall apart. You're, you have a good job and yet you're waiting to get fired. Things are financially okay for you and yet you're waiting for your finances to falter. Why? Because you believe that your life is uniquely cursed. And what if I told you that God does play favorites? You would probably go, yep, I totally believe that because God has picked somebody else as his favorite and he's picking on me. Look, let me just bring you to a passage of scripture in the Bible. Um, I'm gonna set up the context for you. We're gonna look at Genesis chapter 12. So if you wanna check it out right now, you can jump in there and you can start reading ahead of me because you're an overachiever trying to compensate for the fact that you feel cursed. All right, but before you do that, let me just set up the context for you. Genesis chapter 12, which is Genesis is the first book of the Bible, which is part of the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch, written by Moses. It's called the Pentateuch. You don't have to remember that. It simply means the first five books of the law. The five books, first the Bible opens with a list of laws, a bunch of rules. And the first one is called Genesis. It's written by Moses, but it tells the story of the origins of the universe, the origins of mankind. It tells a story of how people live who have God at the center of their life. 
But there's one guy that jumps into this story pretty quickly who does not have God at the center. In fact, God is the furthest thing from the center of his life because he's from a group of people that do not know God. In fact, they were pagans. They worship, they just made up their God. They just started worshiping the sun and they start worshiping the moon. They were nomads. They didn't have a homeland. They just traveled and they ended up landing as a tribe in the region of Mesopotamia. Now, before you panic, because you think you just stepped into a history lesson, let me just give you that this is gonna become really practical really quickly. Mesopotamia is in what, or what was, what is now modern day Iraq. Okay, so imagine this tribe of people that are nomadic. They're journeying through deserts and regions like that. They're worshiping the sun and the moon. And God shows up to a guy named Abram and makes him his favorite. That's the story. Here's this guy who's far away from God, who's worshiping the sun and the moon. And God goes, yep, I pick him. So that's the story. Genesis chapter 12, here we go. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. So God's like, pick up everything, leave your family, leave your family's land, and I'm gonna take you on a journey. I'm not telling you where you're going. I'm not gonna tell you what it's gonna look like. You just have to trust me. Here's why. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all of the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And there it is. That's the challenge I wanna give you. God uniquely chose Abram because God wanted to pour his favor into Abram's life so that he could pour his favor through Abram's life into your life. That's right. A story that happened in 2000 BC is relevant today because that last verse that says, I will, make, I will bless your life and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth includes you. That's right. The application for your life today, the reason why a story that was set in Mesopotamia in modern day Iraq 4,000 years ago, the reason it's relevant in your life is this, because you can live in the overflow. In fact, can I encourage you to write that down? Whether you're with us online or you're, you're sitting there with your iPhone in your hand or you're using an old-fashioned pen and paper in the program, I want you to write down that in 2018, I'm gonna to commit to living in the overflow. The overflow of the favor that God poured into Abram. Now, here's the deal. When God created the universe... And then God uniquely and distinctly created mankind. He did it different than the way he created everything else. In fact, Genesis chapter one, this is the very beginning of the story, tells the story of how God created man. And in it, it goes like this in verse 27 and 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them and God blessed them. There's two things you notice right away when God makes man. And there's two things that are really important. I want you to carry this with you as you, go, as you begin this new year. It's this, that you were created in the image of God. That when God created mankind, he made them different than whales. He made them different than bees. He made them different than trees. God made man in his own image, which means there is something unique 
and distinct about you. And because you were made unique and distinct in the image of God, he decided to put his unique favor and blessing on mankind. He goes, it's, I'm not gonna put the same blessing on the animals in the ocean or the birds in the air or the trees or anything else. Everything else is good, but man is blessed. Now what happened? Then why don't we feel it? Why do we go through life feeling like the wind is to our face? Why do we feel cursed? Because from that moment, everything went wrong. That's right, the first man and woman decided to ignore God. Worse, they decided to reject God in what is called sin, a spiritual curse that you were born into. That's right, every one of us began life cursed by this spiritual dark force called sin, which is undermining our best intentions, which has perverted and twisted our best intentions into making what would otherwise be good corrupts and makes it bad. We have the ability through sin to wreck God's best for our life. And so we go through life constantly heading in the wrong direction. Just like the first man and woman, we turn our back on God and God's commands. And we go off and we do what we want. And when we do what we want, which is driven by a spiritual force called sin, we live under the curse. So relationships are cursed. Our finances are cursed. Our thoughts are cursed. Our emotions are cursed. And we're headed toward an eternity that is cursed. Because of sin, we go into eternal judgment. But God was unwilling from the very beginning to leave the people that he created in his image and the people that he blessed to go through life and into eternity cursed. So God plays favorites. He chooses one guy named Abram and decides that through Abram, he is gonna bless the entire world. How is God gonna do that? Well, the story goes like this. God tells Abram, I'm gonna first change your name because I'm gonna change your story. I'm gonna change the trajectory of your life. And so he gives them the name Abraham, which is a father of nations. Here's a guy, an old guy who has no children. And he says, I'm gonna give you children not am I going to give you children, but through a child, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you an entire nation. And so God gives him the promise of Isaac. Through Isaac, God raises up the nation of Israel. Through Israel, God promises to send the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And what God does is this. He takes the collective curse that's on all of us, and he pours it onto his son, Jesus, who is the fulfillment of, of the promise. So 2,000 years later from the time of Abraham, there was another guy. There's a guy named Saul who was a religious terrorist who spends his life murdering Christians, but he has an encounter with God. He is distinctly favored and chosen by God. So God reveals himself to this guy named Saul. Saul has a life change and he changes his name to Paul. And as a result, he changes his life. He goes from murdering Christians to telling people about Jesus. In fact, he uses his life and his livelihood to start churches. After he would start a church, he would move on to start more churches. And then he would write letters back to those churches. One of those letters he wrote to the church in the region of Galatia. In your Bible, it's simply called Galatians. In Galatians chapter three, verse 13, the apostle Paul is writing about this point. He goes like this. 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Here's what God did. God became human. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin in Bethlehem, right, into the nation of Israel. Israel that can root its ancestry back to Abraham, right? Jesus comes. Jesus dies. His death, our death. His, he absorbs our eternal judgment on himself. The curse of sin collectively gathered and then placed on Jesus so that Jesus, this perfect God-man, is cursed on our behalf. He dies so that you can live. He's cursed so you can be blessed. Check this out. When you believe in Jesus by faith, the sin curse that has marked your life, that has defined the script in your thinking, the sin curse that has written the story of your past and your future is rewritten. The curse removed, put on Jesus, so that the blessing that was on Jesus can be put into your life. Now, as you move forward through faith in Jesus, your life is no longer cursed, but blessed. Through Jesus Christ, through the power of his death and resurrection, you have new life inside of you. In fact, the Holy Spirit of God, which enters us when we believe in Jesus by faith. The Holy Spirit of God, which forgives our sin, cleanses us of our old way of living, removes shame and guilt, and in place gives us this new and eternal life, is in us to bless us. Check this out, let me go back and let me read to you again, Genesis chapter 12, so you can kind of see a little picture of what this looks like very practically. The Lord had said to Abram, I will make you. So the work is from God. The making is of God. The blessing is the work of God, not of ourselves, right? It's not earned, it's not deserved. Abram couldn't do anything to absorb or, or to make God bless him. God just says, I'm gonna do the work. I will bless you and I will make your name great. I have chosen you. And so here's the deal. How do we experience this? Well, we get into the flow of God's favor. God is pouring his favor through Abram. Fast forward the story 2,000 years to the life of Jesus where the apostle Paul said that Jesus absorbed our curse of sin and in place blessed us, right? That blessing, which is poured through Abram in Jesus, spills into our life. And all we can do, we don't earn it, we don't deserve it, we simply get into the flow of God's favor that is being poured into our life. That's right, I want you to know that God has been at work in history in order to choose you as his favorite. God is at work to pick you as his chosen favorite. How does this happen? How does this work? Well, the apostle Paul wrote another letter. And before I read you that passage, I wanna give you a little more context because this one is not written while Paul is starting another church. This one is written while Paul is sitting in a prison cell. And the reason that's important is because what I'm gonna to read to you, you're gonna think, oh, he must be having the good life. No, he's not experiencing the good life like hashtag blessed, he's actually suffering. But in his suffering, he writes this. Praise be to the God, this is Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
Now, I, I realize that most of you, when I read that quickly, you didn't immediately get the power of what I just read. When God created man, he said, let us make man in our image. And then right there, he goes, God the Father is gonna, in Christ is gonna bless you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Check this out. God is, so we, we believe that God is a trinity, meaning one God revealed in three persons. I get it. You're all allowed to scratch your head a little bit. When, when my kids ask me to explain this, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, so first, if you really, if you need an answer, let me give you this. I like the fact that God is hard to explain. That kind of means he's God, all right? I mean, you can explain me, even you and I, we have a hard time when people try to label us, right? Well, then give God a little bit of room that the English language might be inadequate to capture an infinite God in definition. So we simply make up terms like the Trinity to explain God's triune being. It's hard to imagine, but here's what I want you to get. So God somehow is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and this Godhead is plotting to bless you. That's what Paul says. Sitting in prison, he goes like this. God the Father in Christ, God the Son, is working through the power of the Holy Spirit to bless you. God has been strategizing. God got together and he had a little meeting. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they came up with a strategy to reverse your curse and give you his blessing. That, y'all still working on overcoming New Year's celebrations? Come on, right now, that should make your heart start racing a little bit. God has been plotting to reverse the curse and pour out his blessing on my life. He's chosen me. Now, before you get all caught up in this, I wanna make sure you don't miss something essential. I just said to you that Paul wrote this from prison. God's blessing is not circumstantial. God's blessing is not the same as hashtag blessed. Some of you young people, you're like, my pastor just went hashtag blessed. I, I, it might even, it might already be out of, it might not even be cool anymore. But here's the deal. Um, it's not based on what's going on in your life. The best blessing of God is God. Jesus is the blessing. How can I say that? Look, outside of relationship with God, you're cursed. It doesn't matter how nice your house is, it's empty. It doesn't matter how, no, how new your car is, it's taking you nowhere. It doesn't matter how filled your retirement account is, you're headed toward an eternal ruin, you see? So it doesn't matter what you have, if you're not in relationship with God, you have nothing. But if you have God, you have everything, right? The equation goes like this, this. Jesus plus nothing is everything. Everything minus Jesus is nothing. Jesus is the best blessing. Everything else that God offers is superficial and secondary to knowing Jesus. It's very much like a romantic relationship, right? Ladies, you're, you're excited, right? Like the chocolates are nice. The flowers are nice. But you want relationship with that person. You, you, you want the date. You, you want the conversation. I, I've been married almost 19 years. I get it now. My, my wife just wants to sit and have a conversation with me. I've been learning the hard way. I, it's so much easier just to buy stuff. Like, here you go. Now let's move on, right? But it's about the relationship. God is saying the best for you is me. 
I love you. It's so here's the deal. I was, man, you guys are getting an extra special one today. I'm super pumped. I feel like after preaching it four times, I finally figured this one out. I forget how I want to say it. Here's the deal. There are Christians all around the world right now that are suffering, that if you were to hashtag it, you would not say hashtag blessed. You would say hashtag cursed. So let me show you this. You wanna know why? Where there are Christians right now that are living just like everyone else and they don't have access to clean drinking water, but they have access to the living water. They're blessed. There are Christians right now that are suffering cancer just like everyone else. There are Christians being put to death. They're in prison cells. But you know what? They're hashtag blessed because they're free in Christ. Those that are perishing, they have resurrection life. Blessed, right? It looks like they're cursed because you're basing it on the circumstances. But if you look at it from a spiritual lens, that there is spiritual blessings being poured out from heaven, they are blessed because they are, they might feel hungry physically, but they have access to the bread of life. They have living water. They have the resurrection life. They have the miracle life of God at work in them, which makes them favored and blessed by God. They have wisdom from heaven. They have the peace of heaven. They have the joy of God and they have the promise of eternal life. Don't you dare define it and reduce it to simply the stuff of life. You are, you have access to the overwhelming, never ending love of God, which is spilling out of heaven into your life through faith in Jesus Christ. Look, if you're from Hagerstown, you are a Hagerstonian. I bet you didn't even know that. Maybe you did. If you are from... The Bronx, you are a Bronxite. If you're from Brooklyn, you're a Brooklynite. If you're from Manhattan, you're a Manhattanite. If you're from Tokyo, Japan, you are a Tokyoite. Do you know that? Who knew, right? If you are in and from God's favor, you are God's favorite. Did you catch that? You are a favorite of God. You are a friend of God. He loves you. He's chosen you. He's blessed you. You are a favorite of God. Now imagine, imagine that you could go through 2018 going, I am not cursed. I am blessed. In fact, I want you to say this with me. Say, I am not cursed. cursed. Y'all, I don't think you believe that. (laughs) Whoa, hold up. So I want you to say it like you mean it. I am not cursed. cursed. Say, I am blessed. No, no, mean it. I am blessed. I am blessed by God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, which means I am not cursed. I am blessed. I am not a victim. I am a victor. I am not facing death. I have life. I am not thirsty. I am filled with the living water. I am not a borrower. I am, I'm a lender. I am not the tail. I am the head. God's favor is on me, and I am in the flow of God's favor through faith in Jesus Christ, regardless of my circumstances. Why are you blessed? Why are you in the flow of God's favor? When God spoke this to Abram, he said this, I will bless you and I will make your name great. Why? And you will be a blessing. 
and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God is specifically saying, Abram, I've made you my favorite. I'm gonna change your name from Abram to Abraham because I'm gonna make you a friend of God and a father of nations. Through one of your nations, I'm gonna raise up a savior of the world. And through that savior, I'm gonna bless all mankind so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sin, given new life through Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit entering our lives, transforming us. And now we become a friend and favorite of God. Why? Because it's not just for you to get into the flow of God's favor, it's so that you can let your favor overflow. God fills, so it spills. You are blessed to bless. Look, I had an opportunity. I, I got into uh, endurance races. So I've done a handful of marathons. I've done a couple of triathlons. And one of the triathlons I did, um, I was in the bike portion. So you have to swim a mile. And then I was biking 26 miles. And then we had to run a 10K. Some of you are like, I'm tired just hearing that. So we were on the bike portion and we're riding straight up a mountain. I mean, seriously, up a mountain, which to me was just a bad idea. And so I'm riding up this mountain and then the wind kicked in. First it was going sideways and literally almost knocked people over. And then it started going, it was a headwind. I, I felt like I was riding backward. That's how hard this wind was blowing. And so I literally got off the bike, unclipped my bike shoes, and I'm literally going click, 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 up the mountain with my bike. Like, and then, then I jumped back on the bike going downhill. And there's this weird thing. You don't, you don't notice this unless you're out of the group of bikers. Not like the leather jacket bikers. I mean like bicycle bikers. They, here's the, they, they draft. There's this, there's this moment when you get in and you're the first guy and you're just getting into your face. And you get bugs in the eyes, whatever. But then everybody else gets in behind and they're drafting. They cut the wind. All of a sudden you don't feel anything. Here's what God wants to do. He wants to put you at the tip of the spear. He wants to put you out in front. You, you have to sacrifice. You've got to work. You've got to serve. God's going to bless your life. And then others going to draft off your blessing. They get a ride in the flow, in your overflow. They get what spills. Here's the deal. There's people all around you that are living in darkness, that are living in despair. They're living the curse. And God wants to bless them through you. He wants to pour it in your life so he can pour it through your life. He wants you to get in the flow of his favor so it can overflow. So that when others get in behind your life, they're drafting off of God's blessing on your life. Imagine your neighbors could draft off of you. Imagine your coworkers, your colleagues, your classmates. Imagine the people around you. They could get around you and they could experience the blessing of God that's pouring off of your life. Look, I know you approach prayer and you approach God like you're holding a cup and that cup is empty. Oh God, I have nothing. I'm broken, I'm hurting. Would you please fill my cup? Stop it. You're not empty. You're not deprived. You are blessed and in the flow of God's favor. You're not holding a cup. You're holding a funnel. God wants to pour it in. He wants to pour it so much that you can't even contain it. So much blessing in favor of God that it not only flows through you, but it spills over you. Uh, Psalm 23, King David is writing about this picture of a, a shepherd and a sheep. And he says, goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. That's how you said it your whole life, right? Those of you that have ever read that. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's not how, actually how it's written in the Hebrew language. The way it's written is this. Goodness and mercy will chase me down and tackle me. 
all the rest of my life. God's goodness and mercy wants to overtake me and overflow in my life. You have a funnel and it's time for you to flip the funnel so that God's favor can pour through your life. In what way does God want to pour his blessing in your life this year so he can pour it through your life this year? My hope, my prayer is that every day this year, every, every week this year, we can challenge you in new ways to live in the overflow so that as a church, the overflow of God's favor here is a blessing to our community, is a blessing beyond our community to surrounding communities, is a blessing to other cities, as we help start new churches, as we partner with other churches, as we share the favor of God. I want every single person who calls Lifehouse Church their home, that somehow your life is like a funnel and God is overflowing through your life to be a blessing to those around you so that the overflow of the favor of God here impacts there. Now, in what way do you need to see a shift? For some of you, you've been living in the curse and it's time to experience the blessing that's received through Jesus Christ. Because you're willing to say it's only about Jesus. And if that's your moment, then you take this prayer moment and you say, Jesus, I'm willing to repent of my old way of living in sin. And I'm willing to receive your spirit that gives me new life. And that's your prayer moment. You just say, Jesus, I believe in you by faith. And I'm willing to be forgiven my sin and given new life. For others of you, you believe in Jesus, but you've not been living like it. You've been living like a pauper. You've been talking like a pauper. You've been living like everything's against you. Do you know, I don't care if the entire cosmos is against you, the creator of the cosmos is for you. And so your prayer moment is not holding up a cup, but holding up a funnel. God, I receive your favor so that your favor would overflow. Would you take a moment and just close your eyes right now? Would you pray? For some of you, that prayer moment is asking God to reverse the curse, to forgive you of sin and give you new life. And if that's where you're at right now, I want you to make that personal. You take this moment, you pray. And after you pray, would you just take that envelope that we gave you in your program, fill it out, drop it in the giving boxes on the way out or go, go by starting point. One of our pastors would love to talk to you. In that program, there's a place that says on the, on the envelope, I made a decision for Christ. The reason we want you to fill that out is because we want to cheer you on as you begin this new relationship with God. And if that's you right now, you're just saying, Jesus, I believe in you by faith. Forgive me of sin. Give me new life. I invite your Holy Spirit into my spirit. And if you believe in Jesus right now, I want to invite you that you are uniquely privileged. You have a unique, unearned by you, earned by Jesus advantage. You are privileged. You are favored. You are in the flow of God's favor. I want you to start living like it. This year to be marked by it. A year of the Lord's favor in your life. Can I invite you to stand with me right now? And as you stand, I just want you to... Uh, it's gonna be more figurative, but I, I want you simply to raise your hands like a funnel. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you that we can never earn your love. You paid it all on the cross. But right now, God, we open our hands like a funnel and we say, God, we wanna receive your favor. We receive your blessing. We wanna walk in your favor. We wanna come under the flow of your favor. And Lord, would you make it overflow in our life so that others are blessed through us. Others have your favor through us so that others can draft off of us. 
we receive that right now. Now we're gonna begin to sing. And, and, and there's going to be a line that's going to say, we receive your rain. And what it's saying is this, in a dry season in your life, God wants to pour out rain. In the place where you feel cursed, God wants to put blessing. You are not walking under the curse. You are walking under the favor of God. And we're going to sing that out. God, we receive your rain. But I'm not receiving it to hoard it. I'm receiving it to share it. Would you sing that out with us right now? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.